0: Jesus, we pray. Amen Amen. and amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Thank you. Praise Dean. Our kids will be heading down to kids church. I love having them in service with us first Sunday of every month. And it's exciting having them here with us. And I appreciate them being with us. This week, I came across an article Uh, On the NPR website of all places, I don't know how I found the NPR website this week, but I found the NPR website this week and was, was looking at it, and I came across a headline that captured my attention. And the headline said this, it said, Most Americans are lonely, and our workplace culture may not be helping. In that article, it cited a survey that was done by the health insurance company Cigna. Many of you have heard of that company They surveyed over 10,000 working adults and they asked them a series of questions and here's what they found. They found that 60% of Americans, listen to this, are lonely with more and more people reporting feeling like they are left out, poorly understood, and lacking companionship. The author of this article was startled by that statistic and was even more startled by the statistic that, 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 that this statistic represented a... 13% 13% increase since the last time they had done this survey. And now let's face it, church, given this pandemic, it's not that hard to see that, right? It's not that hard to hear that and feel like, well, that's, Pastor, that's not really breaking news. I, I've heard that before. I, I've encountered that. We've spent a year and a half completely quarantined from everybody we know. We, we know this has been a rough time for people, right? But here's what captured my attention And here's what prompted me to speak about it this morning. That survey that was being referenced was done in July and August of 2019, before the pandemic. Before any of us became Facebook experts on COVID and masks and vaccines, that statistic was true. That statistic was true before we had spent a year and a half completely separated from everyone we know and love. Can you imagine what that survey would tell us today. If we did that same type of survey now, could you imagine what people are feeling? See, it's not a stretch to understand that, you know what? We're facing a completely new pandemic. We're facing a completely new crisis in our world today, and it's loneliness. And it's even affecting us Christians. And here's the worst part. The worst part is that we live, day in and day out, we live, with access to people all day long. Access is not our problem. We work around people all day long. We're in the stores with people. We even come to church every week, but yet we still feel lonely. Why? Here's something you need to understand, and listen to me. If you get nothing else, get this. It's because it's not about proximity. It's about connection. Here's the problem in our modern-day world. We're close to everybody, And we're connected to no one. Church, we've got to do something about this. Because it's affecting our spiritual life. And it's affecting our spiritual walk. Because there's Christians every single day. There's Christians coming in and out of your churches every single day. Who are lonely and broken and hurting. And it's because they're around people all day long. And they've got the smile on and they look good and they've got the right clothes on for Sunday morning and they look like they've got it all together. And when they go home, they're lonely and they're broken and they just sit and wonder, does anybody even care if I'm around? Now, listen to me. I didn't come here to depress you. I know that's a tough way to start, right? That's a tough, tough opening. I didn't come here to depress you. As a matter of fact, if you're one who is feeling lonely, I've got two pieces of very good news for you today. Number one is this, you are not alone. Number two, there is hope for you. That's what I want you to get out of today. You are not alone, and there is hope for you. I know that sounds like, like, like a cliche, but it's true. Listen to what David said in Psalm 25. Verse 16, David is crying out to God throughout this entire chapter of Psalm. He's crying out to God and he says this in verse 16. He says, turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. Church, listen to those words echoing out as David is writing these words to God and he's pouring out his heart to God and saying, God, lead me. God, don't think about my past sins. God, just lead me in my life. Show me what to do. Lord, you, you promised that you would lead those who are righteous. And he comes to this home where he says, God, would you just turn your face to me? God, would you just look at me? Because I'm so lonely and I'm so broken and I don't know what to do. Church, you need to understand there is hope for you because you're not the only one who feels this way. And when you feel that way, go find those psalms and find that refreshing that says, you know what, I'm not the only one who has felt like this. But here's the good news. God doesn't leave us feeling that way. In His message to the Israelites, Samuel says this in 1 Samuel chapter 12, verse 22. He says, For the sake of His great name, the Lord will not reject his people because the Lord was pleased to make you his own. You need to understand it pleases God to call you his own. It pleases God for you to have a relationship with him. There's not a moment where God is looking at you saying, I don't want anything to do with you. I'm so angry with you. I'm so frustrated with you. I'm here to tell you there's times when God looks at you and says, I'm so happy you're my child. I'm so happy you came home. And so if you feel lonely, you need to know God will not leave you. God will not reject you. He's writer of Psalms said in Psalm 27, Even though my mother and father abandoned me, God, you'll never abandon me. Even those who are closest to me, they may walk away from me, they may reject me, but God, you will never reject me. And I love what Samuel tells the Israelites on behalf of God. He says, listen, it's not because you're so good that God won't reject you. It's not because you're such a a great nation and this is the only people that he can work through and so this is why he's doing this. It's not because you've earned favor. No, he says, listen, God won't reject you for the sake of his own name because that's who he is. It's what we just sang about. It is who he is today. And so you need to know that he is a compassionate and loving God. Psalm 68 verses 5 and 6 describes God this way. As a father to the fatherless, a defender of widows, is God in His holy dwelling. God sets the lonely in families. He leads out the prisoners with singing, but the rebellious live in a sun-scorched land. Church, I've come by today to tell you, there's hope for you in your moments of despair, and in your moments of loneliness, in those moments when you wonder, does anybody know where I'm at? I'm here to tell you, there is still one who knows what you're doing. There is still one who knows where you're at, and he will put the lonely in families. You say, but pastor, my family is so broken. It didn't say he'd put you back in your family. He said he'd put you in a family. He would bring people along that would be like brothers and sisters to you. He would bring people be like a mother and a father to you. God sets the lonely in families and he says, I will defend you. I will stand for you. I will protect you. And so today I want to talk about a series. We're going to start for the next few weeks talking about how do we overcome loneliness? How do we overcome this? And here's the whole point of this series. You need to be connected. It's how you fight loneliness. You need to be connected. Church, as a church, we need to help people. Overcome loneliness by being connected. We need to be move past just being a friendly church. And we need to be a church that connects people together. That knows how to bring connection. And so today, I want to help you understand. I want to start by helping you understand that you were made to be connected. Look at your neighbor and say, you were made to be connected. It's okay. Wake them up. Nudge them. Say, it's time to wake up. You were made to be connected. Let me get my props and I'll show you what I mean by that. I brought toys this morning. I felt like I was preparing for kids' church as I was getting ready this week. You see, I want you to understand that we have a lot more in common with Legos than you ever could imagine. Now, you probably never thought of that, right? You probably never thought, boy, I'm just like a Lego. But I'm here to tell you, that's what this case is. For those who can't tell, these are big Legos. These are for the little kids. This is the, these are the little, big Legos for little hands. Uh, but let me explain to you. You were made to be connected. You are made to build a connection with each other. And so when you look at this box, there's Legos of different sizes and different shapes. And the reason why is because they all carry a different purpose. They all have a different meaning. And But when these blocks are put together, something magical happens. Something spectacular happens. As you can tell, my my Lego skills, without instructions, I can do that. I can build a wall, right? That's it. That's that's as good as it gets without it, right? I may even get a little and extend that wall a little bit, but that's about as far as I can go. But that's what connection does, right? We can do something as simple as build a wall, or we can do something as elaborate. Put that picture up for me as this. I don't know if you can see that, but that's a supercar made out of Legos. I couldn't do that. Even with instructions, I'm not sure I could do that. But this is what I'm talking about today. Individually, these blocks don't, there's nothing much to them. But when you start putting these blocks together, and you start having a little bit of skill behind it, you can create some amazing things. And that's what I want you to see today, church is that's what you are made for today. I want you to see that you are made to be connected. You are made to be put together from the master builder, Jesus Christ. He, it's like he has a box, box of Legos up in heaven and it's you and I. And he picks one out and he puts one together and he says, you know what? These two need to be together. These two have stories that they could share together. And you know what? This one needs to come along and they need to hold them together. And you know what? This one needs to come along and he needs to help them build up that and before you know it, all of a sudden we're interconnected with each other. And, and it's because the master builder is putting us together and saying, Listen, I've got a plan and a purpose that beyond, goes beyond just existing. I've got a plan and a purpose that goes beyond you just being able to get out of bed tomorrow. And he says, no, 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 I've got a plan and a purpose for you to build my kingdom. I've got a plan and a purpose, so I'm going to put you together. I'm going to put all these little pieces together, and I'm going to build it intricately so that when my people look, when the world looks in, all they're going to see is my beautiful church. All they're going to see is my beautiful kingdom. And that's what they're going to see because I have put them together. And so today I want you to know you were made to connect. You were made to connect. And so there are two important connections we see in the Bible. And I want us to look at them together. Connection number one is this. You were made to connect with Christ. You were made to connect with Christ. This is what you were made for. It's the very first connection you were ever meant to carry. Before you got married... Before you fell in love, before you got the butterflies in your stomach from that special somebody who came along, I'm here to tell you, you were made to connect with Christ. There's something inside of you that says, you know what, I need a relationship with God. Why? Because there's something he created in each of us that says, you know what, You weren't made to just float around out here. You were made to connect with me. I made you with purpose. I made you for relationship. I made you to worship me. This is what we need to understand. This is what the sacrifice of Jesus Christ is all about, right? What is the sacrifice of Christ about? Forgiveness of sins. What is it about? reconciliation back to the Father. Because we can't go to a Holy Father full of sin and say, here I am, take me, because I'm a great person. Here I am, I give to charities, and I do good things, and I'm a nice person, and I don't kick the puppy, so let me in heaven. It doesn't work that way. Because of our sin, as good as you are, because of the sin in your heart, God looks and says, I can't touch anything with sin. And so Jesus stepped forward, and that's what we're reminded of through communion. He stepped forward and said, I'll take it. I was without sin. I'll take it. Because they were made to connect with you. They were made to connect to the Father. And that connection was broken, but I've come so that they could find that reconciliation again. And so he paid the price and he did it. Why? Because this is what you were made for. This is why you're so miserable without God. Can I just get real with you? This is why sin creates misery in your life. This is why when you're running away from, Christ, from God, this is why you're so miserable. It's not just because life is hard and life is bad. It's because there's something longing inside of you. And you know exactly what it is. But you don't want to come back and say, God, I'm coming back to you. Because when I come back to you, I've got to do something about this gospel. I've got to let it change my life. And so I don't want anything to do with that. I always tell Tracy this. I said, I believe this. The hardest sinners in the world are Christians running from God. Because we know better, right? Because we know that longing. And it doesn't matter what we fill it with. We can fill it with drugs. We can fill it with alcohol. We can fill it with pornography and sex and other addictions. We can fill it with promotions and money and status and things. We can we can build a, a Lego supercar if we want to and have all the money in the world. And yet we still go to bed at night wondering, why am I so lonely? Why am I so empty? And church, listen to me, it's because... You were built to connect to Christ. You were built to connect back to the Father. This is what you were made for. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 4. I want to read the account of Jesus calling his first disciples. Because I think this is such a powerful passage of Scripture. Scripture. And so I want you to see this. Matthew chapter 4, starting in verse 18. It says, while they were walking by the Sea of Galilee, he, talking about Jesus, he saw two brothers, Simon, who was called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. Matthew chapter 4, verse 19, says this. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. Immediately they left their nets and followed them. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James and the son of James the son of Zebedee and John his brother, in the boat with Zebedee their father, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately they left the boat and their father and they followed him. Here's what captures my attention out of that. That Jesus invited these guys into relationship. Jesus didn't invite these guys by saying, listen, I've got great things in store for you. Boy, you are going to be on top of the world. Man, When I, if you follow me, you're going to get new cars and, and, and prestige and power and influence. No. He said, drop everything and follow me. And listen to me, church. He invited them into relationship. He invited them to get connected. He didn't invite them saying, listen, come with me and I'm going to teach you some knowledge about me so that you can win some great arguments. He didn't invite them saying, so they could run his errands for him and, and, and do that. He didn't invite them so that they would have a new tradition in their life or a, a, a new ritual to follow. He invited them to take a step of faith and he invited them so that they could discover and live out the purpose of what it meant to be connected to the Savior. That's why he invited them. He could have done all of it himself. Listen to me. I want you to hear this. Jesus could have done all of it himself. He didn't need his disciples, he didn't need those fishermen who had no idea what they were doing and didn't need. Even after he was resurrected, they still didn't know what they were doing. He he didn't need them to accomplish anything. But why? Why did he do it? Why did he call them? Because you were made to be connected. And he wanted them to see that. He wanted them to see that you are made for this. You are made for a greater purpose. You are made just to exist day to day and hope to get to the end of your life with a, a few less scars. He said, "No, you are made for a purpose. You are made for a reason. You are made for my kingdom." And he invited them to step into a life of significance. And church, hear me today, because he's extending the same invitation to you. He's he's inviting you to not adopt another ritual or another tradition or another thing you've got to do in your life. He's not inviting you so that you could just gain some knowledge to win some arguments. He's inviting you into a relationship. He's inviting you saying, I want you to be connected to me because I want to flow through you. I want to to have a relationship with you. I want to strengthen you, and I want to help you, and I want to work in your life. And he's wanting to invite us into this and saying, listen, I want to come into your life, and I want to fulfill that emptiness inside of you, and I want to overcome that loneliness that you feel, and I want you to overcome that with the only one who will never leave you nor forsake you. Jesus is inviting you. These Legos, right? They're in the same container, right? Right? They're all in proximity to each other. They're they're doing this. But can I tell you, these blocks in their current state are not fulfilling the purpose of which they were created. You know why? Because these blocks were made to create something. These blocks were made to put together so that they could build something and make it significant and make it meaningful. And church, this this is not fulfilling its purpose right now because it's not connected. And many Christians operate the same way. They come in and out of church every week. They jump churches all over the place. They go from this church to that church to that church down. Maybe that church has the answer. Well, maybe that one has the answer. Well, maybe this religion has the answer. Maybe that one has the answer. And, and they keep jumping church to church. And they keep sitting in the same room with Christians all day long. And yet they still feel empty. And they still feel lonely. And it's because they were made to connect. They weren't made to just sit in the same room. They were made to start connecting to one another. So that through that connection, there would be strength. And through that connection, there would be growth. And through that connection, there would be purpose and meaning that comes out of that connection. So turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 4. I want you to see how to build this connection. 1 Peter chapter 4. Starting in verse 8, it says this. Above all, love each other deeply. Because love covers over a multitude of sins. First Peter four verse nine says, "Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling." I like that without grumbling, right? Because we're good at offering hospitality and we complain about it the whole time. Man, I can't believe I can't believe I got to clean my house so they can come over. I can't believe I got to put this meal together so these people can come over and eat my food, right? And he says, "No, no, no. Offer it without grumbling. Just be happy they're coming over." Be happy you're building a connection. Be happy that you get to be inconvenienced by people in your life. He says each of you should use whatever gift you have received to what? Grow? To mature? To to get the spotlight? He says, no, no, no. To serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. He says, if anyone speaks, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Christ Jesus. To Him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. See, this connection we have with each other, the love that we show to each other, it demonstrates the connection we have to God. And through this connection to each other, we're able to praise God, and we're able to glorify God. And people look at us and say, boy, how do you get all these friends? How do you have all this? you say, it's because of Jesus Christ. See, without Jesus Christ, we wouldn't like each other. We wouldn't hang around each other. But we're part of the same body. We're we're in the same bucket together. We're we're put together by Jesus and saying, Listen, I've got some plans for you, and I've got some purpose for you. And you need to be connected because I've got some things I want to do through you. This is what you were made for. And God wants to put our believers together. He wants to put his believers together to build something beautiful. Something life-changing. Something that's going to change your family and change my family and change the family down the street and change families that we haven't even met yet yeah. can all be changed because of Jesus Christ. And in doing so, we live out a greater purpose than just existing. <coughs> because you are not made to exist. For significance. And so you live out your God-given purpose when you're connected to the kingdom. You live out your God-given purpose when you live out this connection you have with others. Is it any wonder why the enemy lies to you? Is it any wonder why the enemy tries to tell you you don't need those people? Is it any wonder why the enemy tries to tell you nobody cares about you and you just need to stay isolated? You need to stay, stay apart from them? Thank you. He does that because he doesn't want you to find your fit. He doesn't want you to find your purpose. He doesn't want you to find your connection. That's why he keeps filling the church with sins like gossip and backbiting and division and strife. It's not because he just has nothing better to do. It's because he knows, you know what? If they start connecting, there's something beautiful that's going to come out of it. If I can keep them like this, they're never going to fulfill their purpose. But when they start building and connecting, all of a sudden there's something significant that's going to come out of this. There's something powerful that's going to come out of this. And the Bible says that the gates of hell will not be able to prevail against the church of jesus christ why because he's working through believers connecting them in such a way that says listen i will connect you and i will strengthen you so that you can make a difference in people's lives but we've got to get rid of these sins we've got to get them out this is why the enemy wants them right the enemy wants to do this in our life the enemy wants to create division in us and keep us talking about each other rather than connecting together why because there's power when we're connecting There's strength when we're connected to one another. It's like these blocks. Let me show you what I mean by this. It's like these blocks up here. These are connected, right? Not fancy, not spectacular. Just a couple blocks connected together, right? But when they stand, they stand together. When they fall, they fall together. They didn't separate. And so that's what happens in us. And, and just think about it. Now, If I took the time to start building this and really building it out, think of how strong that wall would become as we interconnect other pieces and, and, and build pieces into this that add stability and strength to it. The strength that would be there to hold us up. That's what happens when we're connected. We hold each other up. We strengthen each other. And when one falls, they don't fall alone. There's others there that are there to cushion their fall to help them along the way, to show them that, you know what, there's still hope for you. I'm going to be here with you. I'm going to protect you, and I'm going to walk with you. This is why the enemy wants to separate us. The enemy wants to put things in between us. The enemy wants to break these connections because he says, you know what, if I can get them gossiping about each other, that connection won't happen. And so they'll still be clear. They'll still be near each other, but there's something between them now. There's gossip between them now. Boy, if I can get them talking about each other, boy, if I can just get them speaking ill about each other, boy, they're still... See, I can't even get it. My hand's working today. Well, they're still together, right? Boy, they still walk in the same place. It still looks like a wall. But you know what? When I push this over, everything separates. Everything falls apart. And guess what? Everybody falls on their own. There's one way right down there. Just lost. Completely gone. Right? And this is what happens in our churches every week. Right? People just broken and hurting and falling apart. And we'll walk around saying, well, I wonder what happened to them. It's because we weren't connected. It's because we should have been connected to them, saying, listen, I'm here to hold you up. I'm here to stand with you. I'm here to love you deeply. Not just surface, not just when things are going well, not just when I like you and like what you're doing. I'm here to love you deeply so that we can stand and be what God has called us to be. This is why we need to love each other. We cover over these sins. We erase these sins is what the Word said. It's not just hiding them. Right? It's not just hiding it in the back room, right? Well, well, we don't gossip unless you're in the fellowship hall. Then we gossip all over the place. No, no, that's not what that's saying. It's saying it covers over a multitude of sins. That as we start loving each other, that love starts pushing out these sins away from us and pushing out the sins from the body of Christ so that these blocks are no longer just blocks in proximity. They start to become connected. And great things start to happen. And all of a sudden, prodigals start coming home. And salvation starts happening. And people start being filled with the Holy Spirit. And people start walking in the power and the anointing of God day in and day out. And marriages start to restore. And homes start to become healthy. And we start wondering, what's what's happening? Why? It's because God is working through his people. Yes. Building something beautiful. Saying, I am here. And I've got something in store for you. Church, we've got to do it differently than this. We've got to become friendly to one another and help one another. Let me show you how to do this. Let me give you a couple of very practical things to do to help you build connections. These are easy to do. Every one of us in this room can do it. It's not above anyone in this room. It's not beneath anyone in this room. Three things that you can do to build these connections. I'll do them quickly. Here's the first one. Find a small group. Small groups. Great way to get connected. You say, Pastor, I come in here every week and I'm lonely. I don't have anybody to talk to. Find a small group. That's what small groups are all about. They're not just so we can gather for one more thing to do. No, it's so we can start doing life together with each other. Praying for each other and laughing with each other and having dinner with each other and saying, you know what? This is good to just be together and be connected. And you start realizing, I'm not alone. I'm not by myself. I'm not out here fending for myself anymore. I'm connected to somebody. So find a small group. Our small groups are getting ready to start. You heard it in the announcements. September 12th, the week of September 12th, we've got groups starting up. Find you a small group. Say, Pastor, that makes me nervous. Can I tell you? It makes everyone nervous. I'm just going to let you in on a secret. Everybody's nervous, right? Everybody who signs up for a small group is nervous to go to a small group. So go to a small group anyways. Take the risk because there's connection found in them. And there's strength found in them. And there's something about it when we start studying the word of God together that binds us together and helps us. Here's the second thing I want to encourage you to do. Find a place to serve. Find a place to serve in the church. Because through that serving, you'll find connection. Through that serving, you'll find friendships. And you'll find laughter. I, I, I think it's funny. Every, every Sunday I walk in here, you can tell who ministers together, Right? Because they're all talking to each other. They're, there's a little. They, they walk around and they talk to everybody, but then they, they sit and talk to each other. Why do they talk to each other? Because they've got connections. They've they've spoken more than just hey, how you doing? Right. We've got to get beyond that at a point. Right. If if we're gonna find connection, we've got to get beyond the point of saying hi, how you doing? And we've got to get to know each other, and we've got to spend time together. And, and getting involved in the ministry is a great way to do it. Listen, there are plenty of places to get involved. You can there, There's plenty of things to do. From the stage up here, the praise team and musicians, to the media team, to ushering and greeting, communion, working with kids, working in youth. There's a lot of places for you to work. There's a lot of things for you to do. Find your place. You say, well, Pastor, I, I'm not doing a nursery. That's okay. Listen, nursery's not everyone's calling. Nursery's not for everyone's connection. That's okay but there's going to be some mothers who get down there and some people who get down in there and they're going to find people like them and they're going to start talking and they're going to start realizing, oh, wait a second, I'm not the only mother who worries about this stuff. I'm not the only one who's going through these issues and, and, and they'll find friendships and they'll find connections. And so you, listen, if you join something, you say, pastor, I, I don't like that. That's okay. Come tell me. I will get you connected somewhere else. Listen, we don't do lifetime serving here. We're not just going to place you down in the preschool room and you know lock the door behind us and leave you there till Jesus comes back. We're gonna we're gonna love on you and care for you. And if that's not your place, that's okay. I remember um, years ago, I'll, I'll tell a story. She won't know I'm telling the story about her, so I'll tell the story about her. Years and years ago, when we were uh, when we were young and in church. Um, There was a lady in our church that that handled preschool kids church every Sunday. Nicest lady, sweetest lady in the world. And you just watch and these little kids were like cats all over the place. They'd just be everywhere. And one Sunday I remember Tracy and I were going home, we stopped by the store. And uh, we were, I was running into the grocery store, and we pulled up, and her car was right beside us, and her husband had run into the store. She was sleeping in the front seat of the car. <laughs> I, said, I said, it was a rough day in preschool today. <laughs> but that's right—that's what, what it's like days, right? There's some days you walk out going, whew, I don't know if I can do that again. And then there's some days when that little kid gives his heart to the Lord, and you walk out saying, this is what I was made for. Oh, Lord, thank you for letting me be there to see that. Because that was worth it all. Listen, there are places to serve. There are places to get involved. So find your place. Here's the last one. Invest in relationships. Take the time to get to know somebody. Take the time to get to know the family sitting next to you. Get beyond just saying hi and being friendly. Get to know them and connect with them. Here's what I know. If you ask someone to lunch, they're going to go with you. Here's what I also know. If you offer to pay, they'll beat you to the car, right? (laughs) Get to know people. This is how it happens, right? It happens because we sit around tables together and we share stories and we we have memories together. It doesn't happen because we just sit in the same room every Sunday for an hour. No, it happens because we call each other and we talk to each other and we go to lunch together and we laugh and we talk about our families and we talk about the craziness of life. And and this is what we've got to get to do. This is why we did picnics over the summer like we did. It wasn't just because we wanted something else to do. And, you know, listen... Can I tell you? Public confession, all right? I hate picnic food. I, I just, I, I hate eating outside. My kids even know it, I, it just drives me crazy. My idea of a picnic is sitting in a restaurant somewhere, eating a nice meal with no bugs around me and no heat on me. That's my idea of a great picnic. But th- listen, I didn't do it for me. You know why I did it? So that we could talk to each other. So that we could sit across the table from each other and have more than a conversation that says, hey, how'd your week go? good oh okay good and that was it no we got to talk and we got to share and we got to laugh we got to play some games together and goof off together that's why we did it that's why we build these connections is so that we can build connections we have things in common we've got another one coming up september 19th it wasn't even in your announcements because it was it was planned afterwards september 19th two sundays from now we're gonna have another picnic right out in the pavilion. I'll complain the whole way home. I promise. You know, I I won't fulfill that scripture. I'll, I'll have hospitality with grumbling. But we're gonna have a great picnic and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna have a good time together. And we're gonna share stories and laugh. We're gonna put some games out. I want you. I want to encourage you. Dress casual. Come to church that day and be ready to just connect with people and say, look, I, I want to be here. If you want to bring a side dish, bring a side dish. There's a sign-up sheet out there. If you say, pastor, nobody wants my side dish. I, I'm okay with that. Don't bring a side dish. Bring yourself. Better yet, bring somebody with you. Somebody who's sitting next to you. Say, hey, listen, I don't really know many people. Will you go to that picnic with me and help me help me get to know people? I promise you, there's not a person in this room who would say, no, I'm not doing that for you. Right? Why? Because we're connected together. We need this. We need this time together. And so make plans to join us because here's what I know. People need connection. Even the world recognizes this. We saw it in the survey. We see it all around us. Watch commercials. Watch Watch the things you see. Life is about loneliness right now. And if the world can identify it, church, we should have the answer to it. Because we do have the answer to it. Because it's a connection with Jesus Christ. And it's a connection with each other. Isabel, would you come up? As we get ready to close, I'm going to ask the ushers. Where's my ushers at? I've got something I want to pass out. Each one of you are going to get a Lego piece to go home with today. Aren't you excited for that? You don't get two pieces, so you don't get to build much, but you get a Lego piece to go home with. You pass those out for me. I want every person to just get one piece. I want you to have these pieces with you. Again, you're not gonna be able to go home and build a car. You're not gonna be able to go home and build that supercar that was on the screen. You don't even have enough to build a wall, right? But it's a reminder. The piece you're going to hold in your hand, the piece you are holding in your hand, it's a reminder that you know what? I was made to connect. By myself, not much I can do. But when I start connecting my piece to all the other pieces around me, there's something beautiful that's going to come out of it. And so I was made to connect. So I want, to, I want you to put it on your desk. I know. Everybody who walks by you this week is going to go, why do you have a piece of Lego on your desk? One piece of Lego on your desk. Did your grandkids give that to you? No, my pastor gave it to me. But it, let it be a reminder to you. Do you know what? I was built to connect. And So when I feel lonely, I need to be reminded I was built to connect. And so I need to go back and I need to reconnect to Christ. I need to go back. I need to reconnect to people. I need to build strength. I need... Because God built me to connect. And now in your hand, you may be holding various pieces, right? And your your piece may look different than the piece sitting next to you. That's okay. It was designed that way. Do you know that? The company that made these Legos, they didn't make them all the same size and the same shape. Why? Because they don't have the same purpose. Right? You say, "But pastor, my piece is so small." Oh, that's a good piece. That's the piece that adds detail to the project. That really brings it to life. That really adds some some detail to it that that is special. And you say, "Oh, what do I have to really offer God?" I just have a little, and God's saying, "Oh no, you're you're the detail piece. No, oh, no, no, no. Your piece is your piece is needed because your piece is what's going to bring it to life." You say, well, Pastor, my piece is just a small, little, flat piece. There's not much to that. Well, but God's looking, and saying, well, but your piece connects other pieces together. Your piece is the piece that brings others together to find fulfillment and purpose. See, it doesn't matter what size your piece is. What matters is, do I connect it to something? Because when I start connecting it to something, that's where it comes out that's where something beautiful happens is when I connected to Christ and I connected to others. Would you stand with me?